Bushels and Barrels podcast. As usual, I am Ryan Peter. Bushels and Barrels on TikTok is where you can find me hanging out on this cold, snowy, and mid-March day with my wife, Mrs. Bushels and Barrels. Say hello, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. I think we might have figured out who him is. Him. Remember, go get him. Oh, yes. Uh, my buddy in Panama City just texted as we are starting to record right now. Really? He thinks that was a message to the January 6th. Uh, panel, and him is L. Donald Trumpo. I doubt it. That's just what I learned right now. I don't know about that. I honestly think that it was in his earpiece, and they were saying, okay, go get him, go get him, go get him off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my. Well, I mean, I don't know. It stands to reason that, that perhaps he's right about that. It could be, yeah. They hate this man. Yeah. A kind of hate that I don't know how you hate somebody. A kind of hate that so much it deranges you. <laughs> I I honestly think that somebody was in his ear saying, "Go get him off Could the be. stage." Well, and you know, after we did the after we did the uh, podcast last week, I looked up WhitehouseGov, mm-hmm. and at the end the transcript, of, yeah, at the end of the transcript of the not so State of the Union, mm-hmm. that it wasn't in there. Go get him. <laughs> Yeah. As a matter of fact, the word thank you wasn't even in there. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. That whole thing is weird. And the more I I see Nancy Pelosi rubbing her fists together, like, that is so... Wonder what that means. Did you ever look that up? I think it was signaling. A a lot of people on Telegram were just saying that it was signaling to somebody in the crowd to to go forward with whatever plan that they have. So, it's very... Unbelievable. The more I look at those clips of her doing that, it, that is just so odd. It's odd. I have never like, once in my life clapped like that. No, no. Nobody has. No. Nobody does that. It looks painful. She, banging your knuckles together. This this woman is, I don't see any love in her face or any love in her eyes. She's just very, uh, she's just lost. No, but some <laughs> cosmetic doctor has found a lot of love in her pocketbook. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, with the, those eyebrows again. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, our Starlink seems to be fidgeting here lately. You know, I found out why. Why? I went ahead and submitted a customer like request message, and uh, I didn't want to call anybody because that's the way of the world these days. <laughs> we don't call. Sure. We just want to text and get an answer. But anyway, I I've reached out, and I haven't heard anything, but you know what has happened here at our home in the last week? We've lost power three different times. On three different occasions, we've lost power. Huh. So when that happens, the Starlink has to reboot, and it takes 12 hours to re- reset itself and then gather obstructions and um, reset it. Just start to over. The, yeah, satellite. So I, so I did, some, did some research on the actual Starlink SpaceX uh, website, and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool, it's really yeah, but cool didn't technology. Yesterday, so yesterday morning we wake up, and... I'm sitting here watching the news through DirecTV, not through the internet. Because we haven't pulled the plug yet. Yeah, we haven't pulled the mm-hmm. plug yet on, on DirecTV. And as I was doing that, I always check the markets first thing in the morning and catch up on maybe some text messages I missed while I was in bed or whatever. And I had zero cell phone service, mm-hmm. or zero Wi-Fi service, I should say. Right. Off the Starlink. Right. So, 
you looked it up online though, and didn't you see that there's like there an, was an outage, outage map? There was an outage map, and it looked like a lot of people in the U.S. were having issues with it. Now I didn't look further than that. I think that maybe they were doing some update system system updates, but at the same time. I do know that we personally have lost power, which causes itself to reboot. So Okay, okay. So that could be why we're having a little bit of these outages and glitches here and there. Sure. Mm-hmm. But sure. I went ahead, and they, and they are actually remotely logging into our satellite as we speak right now, like right this second. <laughs> so They are? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I wonder how far they can go with that. I don't know. It's not like they can, like, well, I guess they could tap into our... Like Microsoft Tech and Nickel support. <laughs> That's a good story. Save it for another day. <laughs> I'm an scam. idiot, folks, when it comes. I, I just trust everyone. Nobody out there is bad, especially online, right? Mm-hmm. We had computer problems about six years ago, seven years ago. And uh, I Googled it and I found a ad, which now I know to look for the word ad in front of these Google searches. When you use Google, yes. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Clicked on the first one that came up, and they damn near swindled me. <laughs> Out of what, $550? Yeah, and, <laughs> and then every time I talked to them, they wanted $25 more to do yeah. something. After about the third time, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, so I come home that day, and Ryan's like, oh, I got a good deal, and he's going to fix our computer. And I'm like, what deal are you talking about? Yeah, I clicked on this one thing, and it took me here, and then they, they remoted into our computer, and I said, who did you talk to? Because... Google didn't ask for credit card information or Microsoft didn't ask for credit card information. Like, who did you talk to? I talked to Habib. Yeah. And so anyway, (laughs) this went on, what, two years. They continued to call you and harass you about getting more money from you. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) you put the kibosh to that, though. Oh, it went on for like a full day. Two oh, days, yeah. Actually, the guy, the guy calling you and, and helping you out with your computer. Yeah. See, I gave him whatever you have to do <laughs> to remote into my computer. I'm sitting here thinking, well, if if this technical guru can remote into my computer, then maybe he can fix it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there in front of the computer. My mouse is moving across the screen and I'm not touching it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is neat as hell. Mm-hmm. Little did I know anything and everything that, that might have been going on in the background that I have no clue about. Downloading all my passwords, every right. place we ever go. Right. Yeah. It's a bad deal. Yeah. So you canceled the credit card and you got your money back and those people were turned in. And then that turned into a year of getting phone calls from these people. And eventually Constantly harassing me. You told them you were going to drop what on their heads? Yeah. I, I just finally, after six months of <laughs> daily phone calls of, of your, your computer is about to crash. You need to pick up the phone or you need to press one now. Well, finally, I got tired of it and I pressed one. And old Habib's back. Hey, this is Habib from Microsoft Technical Support. We need to remote in your computer. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I just said, you guys have called me every day now for like six or seven months and I'm tired of looking down and seeing unknown on my caller ID. It's yeah. you every time, every day. If you don't stop, I will send a plane over your place and drop hams on you. <laughs> and that's funny because <laughs> you, Muslims. you also, you also, um, told him that you were the one, one other time you told him you were the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I tried everything. Those damn people. We had so much fun pranking those people. Oh boy. Anyways, moving on to the news. Yeah. Are we going to talk about the news today? Well, we kind of did. We, we talked yeah. a little bit about everything here so well, far. Well, first, first we're, we're getting a late start on this Friday. Yes, we are. 
So we we've had some we've just had some interruptions and and life gets busy. So we we're getting a late start, and I think that's okay. And I tell you what, folks, moving forward here, we're we're gonna soon and quickly be approaching spring planting season, and that means I will be uh, in a tractor all the time. Yeah. And all my focus is going to be there. So if I miss a Friday, look for me on a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, if, if Friday's sunny, but they're talking about a rainy Saturday morning, we're probably going to do the podcast on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. It, right now, it's kind of like, okay, just as long as I have something for them by Monday, I think that's when most of the people listen to this thing anyway. Okay. I mean, there's still a few hundred that listen to it on Friday, so. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to let them down. We won't, we won't let you down. It's just... Mm-hmm. Can't guarantee it's going to be on Friday coming into spring planting. A lot of the people that listen to us anyway are farmers. Yeah. I'm sure they will understand. But there's a lot of people who aren't farmers also. And well, we that's hear great. From them. And you know what? That's yeah. great though, because these yeah. people that aren't farmers, maybe they don't have anything, any idea about agriculture. They can see how dedicated we are to it. Mm-hmm. And that like, we're not paid to do this podcast. We don't have any sponsors. No, we don't advertise for anybody. We're not making any money here. Mm-hmm. It's just for fun. So we put her on the back burner to go make a living, provide for the family. That is true. You're so, doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's right. Yes. Um, before we move forward to uh, bushelsandbarrels1 at gmail.com is our email address if you would like to reach out to us. And we do enjoy getting everybody's emails. We we really do. We've had a lot of feedback this past week, I think, about the the extra shows. So once I get my research done, I can give you some tidbits on on where that when that will be dropping. Yeah. And also, if you do like the show, go ahead and uh, subscribe or share it with your friends or somebody else who might find it interesting. You know, or, or entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for too long, we're gonna have some merch. We are? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, I've, I've this been approached. to me. <laughs> <laughs> Tony and Cody have given me a great idea for merch. Okay. Just send them a white t-shirt. Yeah. It doesn't even have to say anything on it. For people who don't know you personally, or even what your face looks like, like Ryan wears jeans most of the time, Levi's, and a white t-shirt every single day. Every day. Every In day. In the summertime. Every day. In the wintertime. Well, Yeah. In the wintertime, too, yeah. I mean, you wear a hoodie or a denim shirt on top of your white T-shirt. Right, right. <laughs> like, the, that's what you have on so today. That's what they said. They's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, you could just tell them that you're mer- you've got your merch in every Walmart around. <laughs> Target is carrying your merch. Like, it's everywhere. The proceeds go to whoever you buy it from. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how disappointed somebody would be to send me 15 bucks for a a, a Hanes t-shirt, white t-shirt and then all it is just a Hanes white t-shirt <laughs> yeah if we could find some made in the USA I'd be okay with that just get a whole stockpile of them Jeez. oh goodness all right what do you got on for news uh here today you know I, this week I've struggled as a uh, as a news reporter oh what's going listener. on just life I think and sometimes the negativity of the news just gets to you and it's just kind of like womp womp and then you have everybody talking about how high the gas price. Every single person is talking about gas prices right now. And it just gets just like, ugh. Yeah. Give, give me some joy. Let's watch a comedy skit or something to make you laugh and get away from it. Remove yourself. from. So, so I think that I struggled with that this week. Just listening to things and processing things and really paying attention because everybody's like oh my gosh pray for russia and ukraine and blah 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 they they're actually more like let's pray for ukraine but 
<laughs> well, I, I, think, I pray for some of the Russian people that's getting arrested for speaking out against the war. Yeah, yeah. It's so so. I've struggled with with listening a whole lot. On Monday, I was fired up and like, okay, the audits are coming out, and I read into what's going on in Michigan, and um, and then I heard that this Colorado um, county clerk, Tina Peters, was actually arrested, indicted on a few charges by Jenna Griswold, and um, it's just really discouraging. That just really sucks. The people that so, are trying to do the right things so she, getting punished for it? Yeah. Welcome to America. She's the one. I've mentioned her before. She downloaded what her computer said before Dominion came in and did a, quote, software update. Manipulated then, it all. Exactly. And so um, then they threw her in jail. So she's been in jail for a few days, and I'm not sure today if she's gotten out, but it's just unfortunate. Yeah. So so that's on. So that's... <laughs> I have not been a very good news person this well, week. What's going on in Michigan? Oh, I have a lots of lots of things happened. Well, give me the quick rundown. So the Michigan Michigan Auditor General actually did an audit of Michigan's audit. Does that make sense? Okay, they audited <laughs> an the audit. audit. Yes. Okay. They found a discrepancy of forty five thousand overvotes, and those overvotes were not. Re- retained for five years as Michigan law requires. So right? they already threw them away. Okay, let's move on. Wait a second. Overvotes. Mm-hmm. What the hell's an overvote? Um, let's say that you have a hundred people in a county or a district. I'm sorry, a precinct, mm-hmm. and like a hundred and ten people voted. voted. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like not possible. impossible. Yeah. So, forty five thousand voter discrepancy there. Over votes throughout the state. Yes. Then the Secretary of State ordered a deletion of the poll book software. By the seventh calendar day following the final canvas and certification of the election. And that violates federal voting laws. Does that make sense? So what are those dates? It was a week after the, the polls closed. Or after after they, they gathered all of that. You know what? That's a great point. Michigan, I don't know how long after November 3rd that they actually counted all the votes. Because there was all the mail-in votes and all that stuff. But I mean, this... They could have deleted all these votes before Biden was even yes. uh, inaugur- inaugurated. inaugurated. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what happened. He ordered the deletion of that information huh. a week after the certification. Wow. Um, also, there was no chain so of custody. So why ain't that guy in jail? There, this just came out this week. Like Monday was when the report came out. Okay. So I don't know what's going to happen, and I haven't followed up since. But there was no chain of custody in their audit report okay. in the first audit. So this audit, audit of the audit, he came back and he said, uh, there is no chain of custody. So in other words, I could have screwed him again. Yes. Twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And um, the first audit did not address the importance of electronic logs as data to be evaluated. Okay. That's interesting because we had so much electronic voting. Which I think should, and nowadays I think should be completely and totally outlawed. Oh, yeah. If you're too damn stupid to grab a paper ballot, walk in, fill in a circle, Mm -hmm. and turn it in, in my opinion, you're too damn stupid to vote. And the Georgia report came out. I did not read that. Again, like I said, it's so discouraging just to hear all these people gripe and complain all the time, constantly. It's just womp, womp, womp. And then you're in this Biden administration, and they're like, oh, buy a $55,000 electric car because then you don't have to worry about gas. Like, okay, not everybody can afford a $55,000 car. Right. Oh, my gosh. And then you have to wire your house up with 220 so you can charge it up in two hours. And then after you get it charged up in two hours, it only takes you about 30 miles or 40 miles down the road before the engine needs to kick back on if it's a hybrid. 
before yeah. the engine needs to kick up back on, burning $4.50 gas, $5 gas, because your battery's already dead. Yes. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Matt, Mike Burkhart just made a TikTok about that this mm-hmm. past week. You know, mm-hmm. he bought one of those hybrid Jeeps. Okay. And it didn't take him long, and he got rid of that stupid thing. Really? Because it just doesn't work. You can't go anywhere with you it. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, so just imagine being, I think I heard this this scenario on, on a podcast or a snippet this week, and just imagine being on an interstate, and you run out of gas, and you, the car in front of you runs out of gas, but the car in front of you actually has gas, and the second car is an electric car, all right? What you going to do? <laughs> well, let's just say, hypothetically, the nearest gas station is a mile away, and they both start taking off walking to the gas station. The first guy with the gasoline car says, okay, I'm going to buy this $2 gas can. I'm going to take a gallon back to my car, and I'm going to fill it up. And get me to the gas station. How in the heck is that electric car guy going to get anywhere when he runs out of battery? Well, what's a, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Is he going to have a charging pack in his in his trunk? No, the guy that's walking there to get the gallon of gas to bring back uh-huh. is also going to buy a chain. <laughs> he's not going to buy a chain. He's getting back on the road back where, where he's headed to go. No, but he's going to be a nice guy and pull this poor lithium battery driving stupid son of a bitch back to the gas station and say, good luck finding your charging station, but at least you're off the interstate. <laughs> I mean, and, and you think about it out here in rural country and, and where most, a lot of people live, what? an electric car does not make sense. My parents live two hours away. I wouldn't if we decided to buy an electric car, we, we wouldn't make it. We would have to stop one and a half times to charge up just to make it from here to Marion. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where they want us to go. Mm-mm. But you know why? This isn't about high gas prices or climate change. That's those are the those are the red herrings. This is all about control. If they can keep you from moving around, that's another form of control. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's kind of it's kind of creepy. You know, another thing I've noticed this past week. Go ahead. I went to two different Walmarts. I had Alden with me, and he loves to push the buggy around. And I'm okay with that as long as I have patience. When I don't have patience, it's really bad. <laughs> I just tend not to go. Well, my point is, is that I walked into this Walmart in this rural city called Carmi, Illinois. Yeah, just south of us. And, and it was on a Sunday last week. There were more foreign people in there. Than there were Americans. And I'm not talking Spanish speaking. I'm not talking Hispanic. Okay. I am talking different languages that I've never heard of. And I went to grad school. Like I've been, I, I know that I, I can recognize certain certain accents and certain languages and say, okay, well, that sounds... Anyways, I wonder where they're all coming from. I, <laughs> I only imagine that it, they're coming from the border yeah. at some point. And then our taxpayers are putting them but what is the point of bringing them here to little towns like Carmi's it's is it bigger than Mount Carmel or I mean uh, tiny towns no, it's about the same size we're talking 7,000 people right maybe and these I mean it was flooded the women looked at me weird because I was with my child alone and then they were with these men it was just crazy it was just weird it was yeah. weird so that I did notice that and I for whatever reason I I felt it was creeped I was creeped out yeah. By it. Because it, I was in Podunk, nowhere, Illinois, and this place was full well, and of you know, immigrants. And these people are, they're bringing their kids along with them. And if none of those people, none of those kids will speak English either, Mm-mm. but they end up enrolled in public schools around here. Yes. And I can speak of this happening here in Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. And 
So now you have a kindergartner that shows up to school that can't speak a lick of English. And we're expected to teach them. And we have to teach them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, by law, we are required to teach whatever student walks in the door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, me and you kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. And I've got mixed feelings about it. But understand, my heart always goes with the kid. Because sure. that kindergartner, and even if, you know, all the way up to a senior in high school, if that happened to them, and, you know, they couldn't speak English, but they ended up in high school, I feel sorry for them. In a way. The children. The children. Yes. I do. Because it's just, can you imagine how scary it would be for a a kindergarten? I mean, think about Alden. He's three years old, can talk just fine. To drop him off and then the teacher and all his classmates, who he's never seen Mm -hmm. in his life, he can't understand a lick of a word that they're saying to him. Well, then that forces the school district to have to go out and hire a, a translator, which, I mean, grant money is associated with hiring these translators, so it doesn't exactly cost the local taxpayers a lot of money. Obviously, most of these grants are taxpayer-funded. See, I have a problem with this. I have you do? A, I do have a problem with it, and it's not the children's fault. I get that. It's the parents' fault. These people are, are telling their children, you be on your best behavior, you don't make waves, you listen to what these people, because now we are in the U.S. of A., period. So, it, they're going to teach you their language. You're going to have to work with them, do what they say. And well, I think that's the idea with these translators, absolutely. not to keep them speaking their native language. But I think you follow the money. I'd like to know where those grants are coming from. And if there's an incentive to actually accept these families into our communities where they only pay rent, they don't pay taxes, and they only pay the, the sales tax. And us being this close to Indiana, like they're paying Indiana taxes, not right here in Mount Carmel taxes. You know? Oh, how would they pay? You mean whenever they go shopping shopping. over to Walmart? Okay. Because there's nothing here. And so if they don't pay property taxes, then. Now, see, I could make an argument about the property tax thing. Okay. The person that owns the place that they rent is paying property taxes. I, okay. I understand what you're saying. I do. And you have a point there. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm on this field of where, who's paying for these people to be here? You know, because they don't have a job. They don't have a job to actually afford the rent. So who is paying that landlord? Because they just got here. Some of them are showing up to work. Okay, but they don't have enough to put down a deposit on a rent. Now, see, I don't know their financial situation. So I I see what you're saying. Where I was going to go with this conversation is kind of where you were. No, it's fine. This is a great conversation. Once again, folks, this part of this conversation, this part of this program was not planned. <laughs> we just accidentally ended up here. Where I was going to go is you you said down in Carmi, whenever you were at Walmart, mm-hmm. it was many different languages. Yes. It wasn't yeah. just Spanish. Right. Well, it wasn't any Spanish, but yeah. Okay. So whenever you have these multilingual kids funneling into our American schools, does that mean we have to hire a translator for each language? Mm. that's going to get really damn expensive for a small school district. Okay, so maybe there's a grant for each language. I don't know exactly how all these are written. I don't have any idea, but my God, this is getting expensive. Right. So instead of let's instead of talking about Ukraine, let's talk about these issues. Well, these are real issues. Yeah, because our our border is open and nobody's talking about it anymore. Yeah. Like, that's a joke. Just kind of like COVID. Poof. She gone. Well, Okay. I went and talked to our superintendent about this exact same thing. Okay. And um, he knows I'm full on board with, we got to take care of these kids. This is not their fault. Absolutely. But I asked him, I said, are these kids legal American citizens? And he said, we're not allowed to ask that. What? I don't think we are allowed to ask that. What? We have certain criteria that we have to have in order for them to come into our school. Are you kidding me though? No. I mean, you have to know what their status is. Okay, 
they have some sort of visa to be here, but they're not illegal immigrants is what he was saying. That's the way I understood it. And if they got a visa to be here, I mean, hell, Trump hired a bunch of people on visas to work at his place down in Florida. So you can't get real mad at that. At least I can't. But at the same time, when their visa runs out, do you just kick them out and say, go back home? I think that's been the big problem. They come here. What do you mean been the big problem? Like They come here on a visa. The visa runs out and then they don't leave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've hired all these multilingual translators for our schools. If if these people are honest, whenever their visa's up, they got to go. What do you do with this translator now? Mm -hmm. You don't need them. Mm -hmm. It's just a mess. It is a mess. It is a mess. And it's aggravating. And my blood pressure is rising about like yours was last week. Because it's just, it's taking away from our children. You've got poverty on the streets. You've got people like committing suicide and doing drugs all the time. These poor kids are in these homes. They're just, the children are being abandoned. And, and Mal, I'm just aggravated. I I can't even get the words out. (laughs) I'm just aggravated. These children, give me all the babies. Give them to me. Well, yeah, you want to take care of them, but what if yes. they don't speak English? Well, if it's a baby, then it, I'll you teach know, them English. <laughs> I, I was I was told that all these students, though, that we've that we have to take, they still have to be, you know, have the correct vaccinations, just like American mm-hmm. students do, and everything. Mm-hmm. You're skeptical. I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miss Bushels and Barrels <laughs> is skeptical. <laughs> I don't know. I think you follow the money, and I think there's some sort. Of, it, there has to be an incentive to bring people into these small towns, whether it be the landlord is incentivized, whether it be the government, the city, the city government. I'm just thinking like that. It, there's got to be something. Can I help you think? To, a br- to bring these people to. I'm going to help you think of why a lot of these people are showing up. Let me tell you, there is no industry here, you know, for someone just to like, unless they're working at a grocery store and I don't see them at a grocery store. Where are they working at? There are places that are hiring that I am sure would hire an immigrant because on they'll a show visa. up to work because, because they, sh- they show up to work because because America is made up of over half of a bunch of lazy ass pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. I get that. Who yeah, are too good to work? They're too good to clean an oil tank. Mm-hmm. They're too good to nail shingles to a roof. Mm-hmm. They're too good to clean stalls at a at a local gas station or be, even be a cashier because that's the way their parents have raised them. Well, because where they come from, those aren't just jobs. Those are good jobs that just everybody does. You just, that's your job. That's just what you go do. As to where in America, you can be a complete and total fat ass, lazy slob with a cell phone and be considered poor. Mm-hmm. But in their countries, that doesn't work like that. Right. I, when right. I think of somebody poor, I think of some poor, emaciated, has nothing dirt floor house. Yeah. If they have a house, it might just be a, a, a piece of tin between two tree branches. Mm-hmm. But in America... You can weigh 500 pounds, get every meal for free, have an Obama phone, and be considered poor. Right. And it's bullshit. Yeah. You know another epidemic going on in our country that we don't talk about? Obesity. Children. <laughs> ch- that's exactly what I was getting ready to say, was oh. children's obesity. Child, you I'm know, not. I I'm not kidding you. Whenever I grew up, there was maybe one chubby kid in my class. And I'm only, I'm only in my thirties. I'd like to say I'm 29, but I'm not. So, um, these, these kids and Alden and I ran to an indoor water park over, over in Indiana. And, uh, there's just a lot of overweight children and I'm not talking just a little bit of flub. I'm talking, we're not talking winter. Man boobs. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really a sad thing. They're not active. Well, kids yeah. are not active. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, we need to be talking about that too. Sure. Ugh. Sure. 
Uh, Boy, we could go on. Yeah, However, sorry, <laughs> I had a lot of people who have uh, responded on some of my TikToks lately, and they want to know what I think about this whole oil thing, what Biden has said, the the Russian stuff where we've we've banned their oil. What did Biden say? We are not accepting Russian oil anymore. Basically, we've put an embargo on Russian oil. Right. And they call those sanctions, right? Yeah, sanctions, whatever. Yeah. When somebody says a sanction, that means we've stopped. We're not doing this anymore. So so people have asked me, what do I think about it? Real quick, the first thing I thought is, okay, well, why is Biden doing this? Oh, it's to hurt Russia economically, right? We're not buying their oil. Mm-hmm. They don't get our money. It hurts them economically. So you shut the valve on the Russian oil and it hurts them economically. Well, how come is he not smart enough to apply the same logic to shutting the valve on American oil and not hurting the American Isn't economy? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? That just, to me, that's just as much common sense as you can get. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. But then, you know, he, he goes on there and we're not going to take their oil. So where are we going to go to to get it from? Right now, he's trying to orchestrate an idea with Iran. So just imagine a snake with like four heads. And the heads, one head is Russia, one head is Iran, another head is Saudi Arabia. And whether you like it or not, another head is Iraq. So we're just not buying off Russia. Instead, he's trying to orchestrate a deal where we start buying it off Iran. You know what? I would rather buy it off Russia. I know that money is going to the Russians. Who I mean, that's going to help fund their war. But if we're going to talk about true American safety, I would rather go to war a potential nuclear war mm. and fight Russia because Vladimir's he's scared. If he wanted to fire off all these nuclear weapons, he would have already done it, but he knows the second you he think? does. Oh, totally. He knows the second he does, he's going to die. Mm. There's no religion associated with it. I mean, this is not anything to do with religion. It's power. But with Iran, it's all religion. The Muslims want to kill us. Mm-hmm. Because we don't believe. So now we're going to start buying oil off Iran. He's trying. Biden is trying to reinstitute the old Iran deal from back when him and Obama were together. They get that helps facilitate Iran getting a nuclear warhead on a (laughs) ballistic on a transcontinental ballistic missile. They don't care. They will fire at us because they don't care about power. They care about religion. Mm -hmm. That's scary shit. Yeah. Didn't didn't Saudi Arabia ignore Joe Biden's phone call? Yeah, they didn't pick up the phone this week. Yeah, this week. They, well, and and the Emirates didn't either. Both of them said no. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't talk to him. Because if I, okay, if I'm Saudi Arabia and if I'm the UAE, two huge oil producing nations, number one, they're making more money because oil prices are higher right now. But then you also know that Joe Biden is in the back cellar of the White House trying to cut a deal with Iran to get more oil in exchange for technologies and the old Iranian nuclear agreement that we had just with him and him and Obama. Okay. Okay. If you're over there at UAE or Saudi Arabia and you know that they're going to end up with a nuclear weapon, that's really going to piss you off because that's like in your backyard. Yeah. So does the, does it, and excuse me if this is a dumb question, but does the U.S. oil prices, does it, like, is it a global thing? Yeah, I mean, there's two benchmarks for crude oil prices. Okay. Brent crude, which I'm pretty sure is European crude. Don't mark my words on the Brent crude, because we don't deal with that in America. We, we deal with West Texas Intermediate, oh. and that is what all gas prices are based upon in the United and States. And what is the West Texas Intermediate? That is the sweet crude that is produced in Texas. That's just, that is what they call American oil. 
West Texas Intermediate, even though it can be produced anywhere in the United States. Sure. So what we produce here in Wabash County, like what? Is West West Texas Intermediate oil. Okay. And so that West Texas is on the board somewhere. Where is that somewhere? Uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. No, 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 no. Not CME. NYMEX. New York Mercantile Exchange is where crude oil is traded. Okay. And then why do we see the the Brent oil numbers? That is a, I, I'm not sure why you have Brent and why you have crude. I will have to, I mean, I could try to make something up for you right now, but I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> and you don't want to lie to us. And I don't want to lie to anybody. Okay. But I just know Brent is like, it's, it's not for American. America does not set their price on Brent crude. So why do we see it as Americans? So that we know what's going on in the rest of the world or what? Uh, well, I mean, our media goes out worldwide. So even oh, though it might... Even though it might not interest us here in Illinois, maybe somebody watching in Europe, it does. Mm. You know what I always find funny, though? But Brent, can't they, don't they report on that in Europe, though? Yeah, like, I'm sure they do. Okay. All, right. All right. But what I always find funny is Brent crude is always about 5 6 $7 higher than West Texas Intermediate. Mm. And it's politic. Even that is politicized. Mm. And let me tell you how. Okay. Whenever Republicans in office and oil prices start go- going up, the media always reports on what Brent crude is doing. Mm. under this Republican jackass that we have in here, Brent crude is now trading at $95. Okay. You know, okay. whenever West Texas intermediate might be 89. I gotcha. But whenever Joe Biden or any Democrat gets in the media, always it's all West Texas because it's about $6 less. It might not be a whole lot, but it's a little bit less. Try to make the Democrat look just a little bit better. Jeez. Just stuff I noticed. But anyway, yeah. so, yeah. so, old, so old sleepy Joe, he, he, uh, he puts a ban on Russian oil, and then he gives this horrible, horrible speech of why he did it. And then, of course, as usual, he has to go demonize American oil producers. And this is just out of the oldest playbook in the world. Joe claims that there are 9,000 drilling permits out there ready to go, and the oil companies are just sitting on them. Well, here, can I give you some data? Please do. Right now, there's only about 580-some-odd drilling rigs running right now. In the United States, drilling rigs. These are yes. rigs that actually dig the drill hole for oil. That dig down in the earth to find oil. That's right. Or just make one little hole to see if it's down there. That's right. Okay. That's all that's running. Well, he's saying that all these oil companies are just sitting on these permits and not doing anything, as if there's like nine thousand drilling rigs stacked out everywhere, just ready to go, ready to go to work, and the oil companies are just like, no, you're not going to go to work yet. Okay. It's bullshit. Okay. Number one, whenever Donald Trump was in office before COVID. Uh-huh. There was like 900 drilling rigs running in the United States. I was going to ask, what was the number beforehand? And that's it. And it got down to, I think, 200 in the, in, in the about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the worst part of COVID, like right when the shutdown started, it got down to like two or 300. Oh, my. Because people just lost their asses that drilled for oil. Well, that's true. And they're trying to build back. So even yeah. if and this, I don't believe for a second there's 9,000 permits out there. Okay. I do not. I, where did that number come from? Because I get a list of, every week, I get a list of how many permits are issued here in Illinois. And oftentimes, it's to actually drill new holes, it's six or seven. Wow. A week. In your busiest time as an oil producer, what was it? Like 20 or 30 or 50 or two or what? What do you mean? Like permits that came out. Uh, Back in 2008, when oil went to $140, I mean, everybody was jacked about it. There were more drilling companies back then than what there are now, so there were more rigs available. So, and that increased competition kept the price to drill at bay. 
And I would say a busy week would have been 30 permits coming down in one week. In one week. Yeah, that would have been. now you're down to two, a, two or four. Oh, uh, six, maybe. Six. Okay. And I'm, that's not, okay. But now the oil's over 100 bucks. I mean, that might go up now. Here, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I don't, I don't get where this 9,000 permits come from. But folks, let me tell you something. Just because somebody issues a permit does not mean there's oil there. It just means whatever the regulating authority is gave you permission to go drill the well. Mm Mm-hmm. And most of you probably don't know, but most of the oil that's out here is not a hundred foot off a paved road. Some of this in America is in some of the most rugged, ugly, awful terrain you could imagine with no electricity, no power, no roads. Oftentimes it takes a hell of a lot of infrastructure investment just to start the process of drilling to possibly go out and find that there's nothing there. So just because somebody has a permit doesn't mean they're going to exercise it. Hmm. So, and I can't remember what the stat is when it comes to wildcat wells and how many end up being producers. A wildcat well is any well that is just drilled out by itself, no oil wells around it. Somebody's just doing some just strictly exploratory drilling. They're just trying to find something new. And the, the, the odds of finding something new are not that good when you're drilling for oil away from where oil's already been found. And I'm, I'm thinking it's 1.5 to 2.5 out of 10 wells will end up being commercial. Well, that's a hell of a lot of money because that means like if it was two to, if it was two out of 10, that means the other 10 or other eight are complete and total losses. So 1.5 out of 10. Yeah. Will be commercialized. Maybe 15%. Okay. All right. Oftentimes, oftentimes what happens though, is if you do land on that one and it's a new discovery. You might have found a new oil field. There might be a whole bunch of oil wells start being drilled right around that one. And, you, I mean, you could bring out a whole lot of oil in that one spot. Mm-hmm. But how many dry holes do you have to drill and not go broke to get to that one? Huh. I mean, these, these people in the media and these, these damn Democrats act like this is just so easy. No matter where you poke a hole, you're going to find oil. It's just Jed Clampett everywhere. And it's so not. <laughs> Why are uh, oil producers? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes. Well, that brings us to the ass, a total ass of the week. Okay. And um, there you go. And the ass this week is Elizabeth Warren. So Elizabeth Warren and numerous Democrats, and I predicted Pocahontas. this. Pocahontas. Rush called her Pocahontas. Yeah. Because what did she? <laughs> she, she claimed to be an Indian. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she's not an Indian. Yeah, she went and did that, what, 21 or 31 and me, that chromosome thing. <laughs> oh, she's my got, gosh. She's a Pacific She's Islander. red skin blood or something oh, like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, whatever. That girl white. <laughs> so these damn Democrats, guess what? Oil gets over $100. And just like they did back in Jimmy Carter's day where you have the windfall profit tax of 1980, just like they did when Barack Obama was in office and oil prices skyrocketed, got to put on these windfall profits same. A wind, a windfall profit. A windfall profit. Can you explain that? You know what's funny is that all the text, all the economic text that I had in Carbondale for my economics classes, not once. Text. What do you mean text? Books. Okay, textbooks. All the you text. Said text. You said text. Yeah, texting is different. Well, you're thinking texting. I'm thinking of books. Well, anybody who listens to you and you say text. Okay, for all the... <laughs> For all the economic literature that I read while I was and learned while I was in uh-huh. Carbondale, not once was the word windfall profits anywhere. Never saw that. Windfall profits. Windfall profits. I've, this is actually one of the first times I'm er, processing what this actually is. So explain it. 
Uh, it's basically you're just damn lucky to be where you're at, aka an oil producer. Damn lucky oil prices went to $100 because you're an oil producer. You didn't do anything extra to earn that money. You just got it on a windfall. And now we're going to tax it and call it a windfall profits tax. A windfall. Windfall. Hmm. In other words, it's like you, I don't, it's kind of like they think you just won the lottery. What? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so stupid. Okay. But anyway, that, that damn woman was, was on MSNBC earlier this week. And uh, let me, let just, let me let you hear what she had to say. So should Congress be monitoring profiteering? Absolutely. And actually we are. Uh, I'm co-sponsoring with Senator Whitehouse and others a bill on uh, windfall profits tax. Look, we get it. Supply and demand that prices go up, but profit margins should not go up. That's just oil companies gouging when they do that. So we're going to be on them on this. No, you stupid bitch. I'm sorry to laugh at you. I understand your frustration because what she just said made absolutely no sense. You don't understand supply and demand. She made absolutely no sense. And then we're going to make sure these profit margins don't go up. We're on them this time. Well, see, this is what's stupid is she thinks that she she can control a profit margin. She doesn't even know what the hell a profit margin is. So, Ms. Warren, Pocahontas, Pocahontas, if you're listening, (laughs) a profit margin is like the percentage of profit you are making. It is not a actual number of net revenue. So let me give you an example. If Jessica is out here and she is producing, what do you want to make, Jessica? Just name anything. Oh, like a month or a week or a day? A product. Oh, well, since we're talking about oil, just talk about oil. I'm making oil. Okay. Jessica oil. Jessica can can make a barrel of oil come out of the ground for, for, for easy figuring. We'll just say $100. Okay. It cost well, me a hundred dollars. It cost you a hundred dollars to bring yeah. it out of the ground. Yeah. Oil prices go to one hundred and twenty. Okay. Okay. Your profit margin is twenty percent. Now, if you can figure out a way to get more than one barrel of oil to come out of the ground, and you can figure out a way to get hundred barrels of oil to come out of the ground, you're going to make two thousand dollars. Your profit margin is still twenty percent. For some reason, Pocahontas thinks that profit margins are going to change. Well, they're not. Net revenue is what's going to go up mm-hmm. because you're just able to sell more of it. Yes. But you still got to produce more of it, and that is the fear in the market right now. Supply is being crushed. Yeah. It's been crushed forever. And now we're not taking on Russian oil. The Keystone Pipeline's not going in. <laughs> These 9,000 permits, if you're lucky, if you're damn lucky, 900 of them will end up being an oil well. Hmm. 900 out of 9,000. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, that'd be 10%. Okay. So net revenues are going to go up, but it doesn't necessarily mean your profit margin changed. And what she said in that sound clip was profit margins. We oil producers, we, we have to take what the market gives us. We don't get a. You guys don't set it. No, we don't. And I say you guys as in oil producers do not set the price. No. Right. But we sure are incentivized to go try to get more to come out of the ground whenever it's $100 versus whenever it's $20. Right. Absolutely. So this is where we're at. We're going to make more money. It's going to take more money to get it out of the ground because now we got to invest to go get it. But the market's telling you, go invest in it. Go try to get more out of the ground. We'll pay you more for it if you do. And what's, what's Elizabeth Warren going to do? She wants to institute a tax on it because we're just lucky. Well, let me ask you something. No, she's saying that we're pr- you're p- price gouging. Yeah, and I have nothing to do with it. And I guarantee to you, Exxon doesn't either, Chevron doesn't either, or somebody as small as me. We take whatever the market can give us. 
do you do you know originally why oil producers, why oil companies are victimized? Why why are they the bad man? Well, for some reason, the Democrats think that everybody hates oil because of climate change. They think that we're just destroying it's all cr- climate. Part of it, and then part of it is you're. It's almost they consider it a get-rich-quick scheme because a lot of these people. I mean, hell, look at us. We're going to make more money just because oil prices are higher. That's just the way it is. It goes the same way with commodities. Corn, seven dollar corn, twelve dollar wheat. That you want to talk about a windfall? Are they going to? Are they going? Are they going to tax me because of my windfall of the extra wheat prices going up? Just because the Black Sea region is not going to be able to export it? That's a quarter of the wheat in the world comes through that region. That's a lot. That's a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Now, there's a tragedy that happened over there. Mm-hmm. It made wheat prices go through the roof. There's a tragedy that happened between COVID and this war that's made oil prices go to the roof. They want to punish the oil producer because we are basically making good out of this tragedy. Well, why not Why not punish the wheat producer then? We're making good out of the tragedy too. I grow wheat. Mm. Well, but no, I, they're not going to do that. Well, I, make, I can make the argument that, well, you already get your, your government check. <laughs> very true your, your subsidy check your, well, i tell you just what because you're a farmer you get money i don't understand that well if we want to talk about windfall profits you know who needs to be paying a damn windfall profits tax who's that pfizer moderna oh, for yeah. all the money they just got from the federal government yeah. which don't you ever forget folks that is your money yep. the only reason pfizer and moderna ended up with that money is because they took it out of your paycheck yep and then the government gave it to pfizer and moderna those people made billions upon billions upon billions of dollars off a damn vaccine well that we're finding out doesn't work very well and that yeah absolutely that you got for free Yep. That they gave away for free, but they still had those vaccines still had to be bought. And who bought them? The federal government. Pfizer mm-hmm. has a huge windfall profit off of our own damn money. So here's the thing: these elites are putting this problem in our country right now. They've they've created this crisis for us by closing down the Keystone Pipeline, and then and then they say, okay, now that we're in this problem right now because of COVID and because of the Russian Ukraine thing. Now we're going to tax you even more just so we can get more money from you. Right. Because the prices are so high. So they've created a crisis and then they're capitalizing on this crisis or they're trying to, they're going to try. Yes. Okay. So here's a headline, new Republic. Here's the headline of the story. Oil companies are making a fortune from higher oil prices. Democrats want some of it back. What? How about me as a, as a U.S tax-paying citizen want some of my money back listen to what they just said democrats want it back as if democrats gave it to the oil companies to begin with right Demi- i tell you elizabeth warren couldn't do the first damn thing to figure out where to go drill an oil well and then if she did how to get the shit out of the ground how to get it in the tank and get yeah. it into the gas pump yeah she has no freaking clue elizabeth wants to and, and there's another senator i can't remember what that no-name bastard's name is that, that agrees with her that we need to be taxing the shit out of these oil producers who are doing everything we can to produce more we we are incentivized right now we can actually make money we can take bigger risks than we otherwise would to try to get more oil to come out of the ground right now because you'll buy it for more okay that's that's the way that it is there is not one damn more barrel of oil that's going to come out of the ground whenever you inst- institute a windfall profits tax not that does not incentivize anybody to do anything you know what so let's say the windfall profits tax is 10 percent. well hell if that's so damn good and it's going to make more oil coming out of the ground why don't you make it 70 percent? yeah what's uh, about 100 mm-hmm. 
How about a hundred percent windfall profit tax? Let's get oil back down there to ten dollars a barrel. I mean, if this these people are so damn stupid, and this is what's insulting, is they think that most of America is this damn stupid. Yeah. And they're not. I don't think so either. I agree but with you. But this is this is nothing more than the same old song and dance that the Democrat Party has been same doing forever. Old story, same old song and dance, my friend. It's the same old story, same old story, same old song and dance. Elizabeth Warren, let's hear from you one more time. Monitoring profiteering. Absolutely, and actually we are. Uh, I'm co-sponsoring with Senator Whitehouse and others a bill on uh, windfall profits tax. Look, we get it, supply and demand, that prices go up, but profit margins should not go up. That's just oil companies gouging when they do that. So we're going to be on them on this. Yeah, yeah Elizabeth. You know a lot about gouging, don't you? Gouging. Elizabeth Warren, ladies and gentlemen, the ass of the week, the woman who has never met a tax hike she didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) That woman, she crazy. Oh, boy. So anyway, Russia and Ukraine thing, getting into the war part, it sounds to me like there's an awful lot of innocent people dying. (sighs) I mean, the refugees, uh, some of these people that are just trying to get out of the country on routes, they don't have guns, women and children, trying to get out and they're getting bombed civilians did you hear about the maternity ward that got bombed i don't know yes i heard about it it's so depressing russia just admitted today that it happened that they did it that they did it like they they what? thought oh this is actually just a factory and it was actually a maternity ward they thought that it maybe- oh they didn't say it was a factory they just admitted that yep that was our bomb that went there Killed, what, three women and two children? Oh, that's terrible. Something like... That hurts my heart, and I don't want to talk about it because it's so sad. Too bad. We need to talk about this stuff. It is sad. Gosh darn it. But let me ask you guys something. But we need to close our borders before we try to fix Ukraine's problems. Why can't we do it all at the same time? Yeah, because America America is known to be the world police. We got to fix everything. Well, and I don't think we're the world police. I don't. But I tell you what, whenever you start seeing civilian targets getting hit, Mm -hmm. you got to draw a line somewhere. And I'm not saying send boots our boots anyway over there to fight did you hear about this uh bryce mitchell this mma guy and what he had to say this past week he's from arkansas he is from arkansas yeah so when i heard him i'm like oh i know that accent (laughs) leave it leave it to an mma fighter named thug nasty to tell you more truth in about I don't know, what is this, 45 seconds than what you're going to hear all freaking day in the media. You know, um, here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. If this country's invaded and... Everybody's saying, well, we got to we gotta evacuate. We got to leave. We gotta, I will not. I will dig my boots in the Arkansas soil, and I will fight for the people that I love, for the land that I love, and the way of life that I love. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a shit ton of money off of um, and using our tax dollars to bribe their people that's treasonous in my opinion uh so you got hunter biden and his son using our tax dollars hey 
if, if Ukrainian government, if you don't do this, we're taking your tax dollars. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians and all the, I, brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there and fighting and God bless anybody that's over there fighting and I hope that this shit just gets solved and man, I don't like war. You know what I mean? I don't want people dying and all that stuff. I don't want to be, but I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff that I think that's corrupted that we just don't know what's truly going on. Bryce, your instincts serve you well. Mm-hmm. And, and common sense serves you well. You don't Absolutely. know what's going on, but you've already figured it out. We know, we don't know what's going on because we don't know who to believe anymore. There's so many, you know, one day you think that you know what's going on because that's what the news tells you. And the next day it's debunked by the actual truth and document that comes out. Yeah. So it's it's unreal. Like, we don't really know what's going on. I stand behind him on everything that he said right there. I do, too. Absolutely. But he, basically, he was asked, you know, do you think we need to send soldiers over there to fight mm-hmm. Ukraine's war? And he said, obviously, what he just said. And I agree with that. But here's the bullshit about this. Poland had it arranged, send their MiG-28s to Germany. From there, the Ukrainian pilots could have got in them and flown and defended Ukraine if the United States would have sent F-16s, our F-16s, to Poland to replace them in the interim in case Russia tried to do something really stupid. I heard a report that America didn't have enough F-16s to send over there, which is alarming in itself if that is true. But regardless, Joe Biden, it's nobody else. Joe Biden pulled the plug on that whole idea. Blinken argued for it. He, him and the, him and the, uh, the Polish president had an agreement. This was going to happen. And Joe Biden pulled the plug on it. So what we are doing is we are allowing Vladimir Putin to hit civilian targets and kill innocent people. And then we're not doing anything about it, not even to help Ukraine with weapons to, fu- to help them defend themselves. I'm not saying send troops, but what does Joe Biden do then? Oh, we're going to just, Okay. All typical trade relations is over with Russia. We're not importing any more of their caviar. Hmm. I just heard that on the radio today. Like that was part of what he's put an embargo on now. Is caviar and then, uh, you know, some other Russian products. Like who gives a shit, man? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody and it's cares. not going to affect their economy. Yeah. I think anything that said, anything that comes out of his office and you know and 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 the whole reason that that, like biden's idea the reason that he didn't want to send our f-16s over there he's afraid that it'll entice putin to get even more angry and use chemical weapons or perhaps even nukes now if he was going to use nukes he'll just do it any time he will but he's a narcissist and that's a good thing in this situation because he knows he cares so much about himself he thinks so highly of himself he doesn't want to die but he knows if he uses a nuke he's gonna die Mm mm-hmm but this never would have happened under Trump. You know, Trump went to Putin and just told him, you pull any shenanigans with Ukraine, I'm going to bomb Moscow. Yep. That's just all there is to it. Yep. And he knew Trump meant business. Yeah. And there was never a bomb dropped. Peace through strength. Mm-hmm. Go figure. <laughs> I don't think the Bidens know anything about that. But I, I, I feel so bad for the, for the people, not the government of Ukraine. I think, I mean, we know the corruption that's went on there for years and years and years. And just, just like Bryce Mitchell just described with the Bidens being in bed with them. I feel so bad for the people, you know, the, the pictures of the mothers and children having to hug their dads because, I, what is it, all men that's 18 to 60 have to stay in the country and fight. That, like, that's what Zelensky said. Mm-hmm. Did which, he, which brings me to an interesting question. 
if Leah Thomas was in the Ukraine, would she or he be forced to stay? <laughs> I can't with you. I mean, what would, I can't. I, I can't. That is with a legit you. question. What I, if America did it? What's she would Leah have to, to stay do? because once she dies, he dies. Then his bones say that he's a boy. What? A, what if America? Like period for show, but it that's not what they're identifying as today. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You could identify as a ladybug if you're a man and you've got man parts. Well, like, I, I could tell you what's going to happen in America if they institute the draft. Uh, Let, okay, not institute the draft. Let's just say that the exact same thing was instituted in America. Okay, if you're between eighteen and sixty, and you're a male. You have to stay here to fight. Okay, in America, you don't want to be called a draft dodger, right? So everybody, all the guys, that don't, all the pussy ass Democrat guys are just going to identify as a woman, woman. and <laughs> hell, I'm good. I, I'm good to go to Canada now. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. Yeah. It is. It, you know, it, funny, speaking of Leah Thomas, it was International Women's Day this past week. There was a day that they dedicated to women. I don't know. Did you hear about it? Uh-uh. Okay. So this guy on Telegram, his name is Garrett Ziegler. He's a former White House staffer. He worked under Peter Navarro, who worked under Trump. So he was in Trump's White House. And um, I've been following Garrett ever since he had like 1,000 followers on Telegram. So he's done all of this research and stuff. So he posts this meme. If you don't know what a meme is, it's like a picture and with words with it. And I don't think there's anybody in the year 2022 <laughs> that does not know what a meme is. Okay. Well, unless it's one of your four <laughs> listeners from Russia, they probably don't. <laughs> they know what a meme is. But no, yeah. they don't. Okay. Anyway, so for National Women's Day, he posts a picture of Leah Thomas in her, in her, uh, you know, one piece. That is perfect. <laughs> and you can definitely tell there's not the woman pieces there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so. disturbing. But anyways, happy International Women's Day. Right, right. Leah. What's his actual name? <laughs> I can't even remember. He's still a boy. Doesn't yeah. matter. Mm. Well, we'll end with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Is we, that all you have on your? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, what man. What do you have? It just makes my blood pressure rise listening to the news right now. Oh, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. But we, but we have to comment on it. You know what? Have you heard anything good this past week? In the news. Yeah. Um, Uh-oh. Boy. Okay. This is no good. All right. So the Texas heartbeat bill still stands, and that means that there's no um, abortions allowed in Texas. That is so good news. That is fantastic news. And a lot of people don't understand that the, the United States is as close as it's ever been to anti-abortion ever since Roe v. Wade. So since yeah. then, like we're we're we are so close to just becoming a anti-abortion gotcha. country. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, which I think is extremely important. You know, maybe that's something we need to do. We need to, at some point, probably at the end of the program, because we bitch about a lot during the program. Have a, a good news segment. That would be great. That really would. It would be great. As bad as Biden's doing, the good news is he'll be gone in twenty twenty four. Do you think our country will last until twenty twenty four? Yes, it will. Do you really think that? Absolutely. I think something's got to give. Ah, we'll make it. I we mean, will make it. These people are now are digging into the pocketbooks. They're digging into the people's money. We'll make it. Making them uncomfortable. Well, that doesn't mean the country's going to end. It means no. people's going to get pissed off. Yeah. And then they're going to turn around and not vote these clowns back in. The cackling woman that Kamala Harris is. So I wonder what in 2008, I wasn't in the working world yet. I wasn't in the real world. I was still like right out of high school. So can you tell me like, how did people react to that back then? 
The high gas prices? Yeah, like how did they, how did they, were they, did they just gripe for three years? They just, the news just, well, but see, Obama was in office. Right. They didn't bitch very much. I mean, yes, it was, it was in the news that gas prices were high, but ultimately the reason that gas prices and oil prices cratered in, uh, in 08 was not because of the, necessarily because of the high oil prices. Mm-hmm. It was a housing crisis. That's true too. Yeah. You know, so the housing, everybody was going through the housing crisis and then you've got oil prices on top of it, but the housing crisis, whenever Bear Stearns fell, that, that bank, whenever Bear Stearns fell, the whole ass end of the market fell. When the ass end of the market fell out, obviously oil chased it down. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. That's the reason it also came back up and all 10, 11, 12, a little bit of 13. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But this will correct itself. I don't have a doubt in my mind this will correct itself. And it's not going to correct it in the way the damn liberals want it to, to where everybody goes out and buys these electric vehicles that will get you 40 miles down the road before it's dead. I mean, that's not going to, it's going to correct itself because finally people, the price of oil will finally get high enough where people are going to stop going on vacation. They'll stop burning as much. Demand will trickle down. Do you know this, this push for electronic vehicles is right in line with new world order? No. Theory that he had? No, I didn't have any idea. Yeah, this whole push for the electronic cars, like to just not be able to afford it, number one, but you can't afford gas, number two, and then you wouldn't really own your car because you're going to take out a loan for it because you can't afford it, and you're just not going to own it. Well, the thing is, right now, I do not see anybody going out and buying cars, because electric cars because of this. I just don't. Yeah. It's too widely known that they're, not to say they won't get there someday. You know, I listened to I listened to Tony's podcast last week, and and Nick was talking about just like for your power tools, Milwaukee power tools, mm-hmm. the the strides and the links that they've made since the beginning of the lithium battery that powered those. You know, but you put the fully charged lithium battery in it fifteen years ago, you might get two screws in the wall, and you got to recharge it. As to where now you fully charge the battery, it'll last you all day. Okay. The same thing's going to happen with cars eventually, but we're not there yet. But the other thing about that is... Well, we don't have the power grid to support all that's these That's where I was going with that. Okay. Hell, on a 75-degree day in California, they start getting rolling blackouts. How the hell am I supposed to charge my car during a rolling blackout? <laughs> Those dumbasses can't even afford to keep the lights on in their house 24 hours a day, let alone add the burden of a bunch of electric cars. Can you imagine a day where we don't have air conditioning because so many people have their air conditioning on? Generac. I'm just saying. Like, I can't imagine well, that day. I, I remember it was during an extreme heat wave. I'm thinking here in southeastern Illinois, it got, in August of maybe 09, 09 or 10 maybe, it got hotter than hell. Like, highs of 105 or 100, between 100 and 105 every day. And I remember... Uh, the electric companies didn't tell you to turn your stuff off. They just asked you if you could hold off on washing your clothes until evening or maybe turn your thermostat up to 88 instead of, you know, 75 where you might have it or 70 or whatever. Like for my mom and dad, that didn't matter. Hell, they keep their Mm -hmm. house at 88 all the time anyway. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I wouldn't be able to sleep. (laughs) Old David Lara is going to love that one. Oh, that's funny. Oh well, I think I, th- I think we're going to wrap it up. But I love your idea there. We mm-hmm. will. We need to get together uh, some stories of good news to end every program. Just to, I mean, this is still a great place to. Li- I love this country. Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's just there. There's so much good stuff. I'm going to have a great weekend this weekend. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Got a family get together to go to, and uh, uh-huh. 
We celebrated Cohen's birthday yesterday. My son turned 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that means? What does that mean? One more year of child support. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who understand <laughs> where you're coming from. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. That was all. He called me an ass. <laughs> it's like, why would you say that? Because I'm me. That's why. Yeah, the old boy turned 17. He's a good kid, though. Yeah. He's a kid, but he's still a good kid. What do we get <laughs> yeah. him for? For what? What is a practical gift for a 17-year-old? A gas card. A gas card, especially yeah. when gas is high as it is right it, now. Right. And and you know what? He'll get a lot more out of that gas card if, you know, like, gas drops a dollar or two. Overnight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which he, I'm sure he's hoping that happens. So. Well, you know what was funny is him and I were having a little bit of a discussion here a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't come right out and say it, but he kind of did if you read between the lines. If he could go back to when he was 16 and he's him and I were looking for a truck, he's, he's got a half ton Chevy or GMC 1500. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it goes some gas. He kind of told me without telling me if he could go back, he might have chosen something that is a little cheaper to drive. Yeah, and he had to have that. Hey, hey he's a kid. We've all yeah. made those stupid mistakes. Yeah. I tried to warn him. I tried to be a good dad, but yeah. he's learning. And oftentimes the only way you ever learn is do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Screw up. No, that's. Hell, that's building a business. You're well. You're yeah. You're exactly right on the. Don't kiddos. be afraid to fail. Get out there, mm-hmm. try it, and go. Mm-hmm. And then when you fail, learn. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's some good news. That is good news. I'll <laughs> <laughs> go call today right there. Leah Thomas is still a boy. And unless you're in Ukraine, then you wonder. <laughs> God is good, y'all. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next Friday. Oh, yeah, one more thing. You were born an American. And don't forget to be one. There we go. We got it. (laughs)